going on, everybody? We are back. What's, What's up, up y'all? y'all? Hey. Hey, this is Becoming Well, the podcast with yeah. the Simpsons. What's Listen, up? Well, we are glad to be back here. Real quick, let's jump into this. Can somebody explain what the heck Simpsons is? So, Simpsons is a combination of cousins and siblings. We were raised so close that it's not really like we're cousins, we're siblings. Yeah, so, yeah. that's a general overview. Anybody want to add to that? No, I pretty much that's got it. pretty much it. That's it. <laughs> and, and I just, I think it's important because we use that term a lot. Um, and I think we got some good information that comes from us but it's because we got so much history together mm-hmm. uh, and we practically grew up living in each other's homes you yeah. right getting uh, I don't know if this happens in y'all world I but definitely had a drawer at y'all house <laughs> me and Tier. I had world, a whole room at y'all house <laughs> we share rooms we share drawers and we share, we share belts and what and I mean by that is that our moms enjoy <laughs> whooping each other uh, and, and I remember one time me and Lex was fighting and uh, her mom decided to whoop us now <laughs> I know, what's going on? Mom, they got whooped. Um, <laughs> we got beat. We I, got beat naked. They have to take off their clothes. Yeah. And let me tell you why, though. She finally told me that later. She's like, well, the clothes didn't do it. The person did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds Okay, like Tiny. Wow. That's wow. the very wheezy <laughs> why. <laughs> so, as you can see... She should have um, went to jail. <laughs> we, hey. we are really dealing with some stuff, and we're trying to be... <laughs> She, she should have went to jail. That's child abuse. I got for an hour about, so. Yeah, you oh, did. yeah. Dang, right yeah. with the broom was, and everything. It, was, it wasn't the broom, but it was like three Woo-hoo. different belts because I kept my mom. mom. So listen, real quick, quick synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I skipped bad grades when I was in like the third and fourth grade. We did. And, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to explain that. The reason why. Well, we, we can get, we can, that could be one of the episodes. Okay. We can get there. But, um, so. I had kept forgetting to bring this paper home all week, and it had to be turned in. <laughs> so it had to, it was due on Friday, Thursday. I brought the book home finally, and I in school I had folded that paper and put it in the book. <laughs> but when uh, my mom got home and it was time to work on that paper, like when I tell y'all I was flipping through the pages, <laughs> like I know this packet is in here, and it was not in there, so. I was under a table. Um, under I was a bed. grabbing belts. Oh, I say, is that the bed? No, that's a different story. Oh, okay. That's a different story. But Y'all, grabbing belts. His whoopings were horrible. Grabbed the belt, sat on, under, slide, slid under a table, <laughs> table flipped. Um, it was a lot going on. But I, I, I wasn't I just... I because you was getting a whoop. I wasn't just getting, like, whooped for an hour, but... It I did a, call a, on the name of pro- Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it was an hour-long process. It, it was it was real. So as you can see, I think that um, we we clearly got some stuff to talk about, and I'm glad you guys are tuned in. So when we are becoming well, what you got to know is that becoming well is a full blown journey. Yeah, it does not Definitely. happen overnight. It doesn't happen because you say, "Oh, I'm gonna be well today." Like, no, you got to work towards it. You got to work at it. You got to be consistent at it. And I think a lot of times we fall off the journey of be becoming wells because we don't remain consistent at doing the work. Yeah. And if you're not consistent at doing mm. the work, um, it, it, you, your progress will just fall off. And you're like, "I don't see nothing happening." It's like you going to the gym. You got to be consistent at going to the gym in order for you to receive results. Right. Yeah, so in your true. becoming well. You gotta, you gotta remain consistent, and I know you. You like, how do I know if I'm becoming well or not? If your ability to live, laugh, love, and learn is impaired in any kind of way, you're probably not well. Mm-hmm. And the best thing you can do is admit 
I'm not well yeah. because I can't I can't live. I'm not learning. Uh, I don't want to learn or I, I don't even want to hear that. Um, I, I don't want to love nobody. Like I'm shutting my love life off. If that's you, you're not well yeah. and you need to get well. Um, so somebody just jump in here real quick and tell me why you feel like this podcast is necessary, number one. And why do you feel qualified to be a part of this? Nobody speaks. <laughs> I think it's necessary because <clears throat> everybody um, is dealing with something, uh, some issue in their life that is causing them or causing them to be unwell in some fa- some form or fashion. And I think that um, that portion of it affects the rest of that person's being. Mm. Um, and so in order to be whole and to be completely well, you have to deal with those specific areas that are causing you um, to not be well. And uh, a lot of us, especially millennials, are dealing with so much stuff that um, just piles up and piles up and piles up that we don't pay attention to and don't deal with until it boils over. Um, And so I think that that is why it's necessary. I think that I'm qualified because I have dealt with quite a few things that were unhealthy and definitely unwell in my life that have gotten me, uh, that I've worked on and got me to this point. But like you said, it's a journey and it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. But when I think about a lot of the stuff that I was causing that was causing me to be unwell um, and where I'm at now I that's what makes me believe that I am able to be you know qualified to have this type of discussion and and help other people and also being with you all because we are you know real close and everything and we help each other in all aspects of our lives so it's my spiel um I'll say simply um what makes us qualified or what makes me qualified is that somebody else might be going through something that we went through or some like somebody could be going through something now listening or one of us in this room that another one of us in this room has already went through. Um, so and, it, and with that being said, you don't even have to be 100 percent, quote unquote, well, right. You could be just further along in your journey, mm-hmm. but you could still help somebody else. Mm-hmm. So um, like we said, even and that just goes like. I'll say this as far as age or your journey, right? Everybody in life is going through something. What you go through changes, but everybody's going through something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And, and this is what we have to figure out. What is what is well? What mm-hmm. is well actually? Like, are you well? You know what I mean? Like if something like our great grandmother. I mean, obviously she's sick right now, but what was her mental state of being? Like, was she well? Was she still going through stuff at 80? Did she still have, you know, things in her mind that she was still working out and going through? Yeah. So I, th- I guess it's just a relative statement, but that's why I feel like we are qualified to talk about being well. Oh, let me think. I really wasn't thinking, but... Okay. <laughs> I was thinking. Go ahead, boy. <laughs> um, this is about to sound really, really churchy. But I believe it's imperative to be well because God has called us to be whole. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not supposed to be walking around being broke down, 
mentally, emotionally, financially. Like, that's not what we're called to. And if he knew us before we started, I honestly think our our journey of becoming well is the removal of everything that came upon us in our journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Detox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're not meant to be carrying this unnecessary stuff. And I honestly believe that the weight of what we carry is what God already died for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, why I think that I'm qualified for this, um, my my purpose, God spoke to me, was um, my ministry is healing and deliverance. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's, that's what I do. Um, if it's through prayer, if it's, it can just be random conversation. You know, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to be anything deep. Mm-hmm. I don't have right. to be teaching Sunday school. I don't have to be preaching. I don't got to be getting the oil and you all laid out. Oh, like, sling it. Yeah, like, that's, <laughs> some of that stuff is just unnecessary, but mm-hmm. that's not this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, seriously, you can just talk to somebody. And heal them. And heal them. Right, yeah. right. You know, show them a different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And with having, you know, this is being my purpose, like, Having the ability of discerning of spirits, mm-hmm. like you can easily, well, for me, not everybody, but you can easily hit somebody's issue immediately. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based off of the way that they approach you, based off of the way that they deal in life, mm-hmm. based off of the actions that they make, conversations that they have, and you're like, you, you, you're really broken. Mm-hmm. Man. You know? And I thank God for that, honestly, because there are so many people who deal with broken people and don't realize that it's their brokenness right. and it's not it's them that's attacking them. Uh-huh. So, that's my thing. I'll be in school like... <clears throat> Don't be mad at me because you're mad at your dad. Right. Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. But not the one. <laughs> I think I think it's imperative um, for me uh, or why I'm qualified is um, I, I think I seen a quote the other day talking about um, something to the effect y'all can uh, fix it for me. Um, something like just because it doesn't seem heavy doesn't mean that it's not. Mm-hmm. And uh I know me, my thing is uh, evangelism. And so I'm not afraid of strangers. I'm not afraid of random conversation. I'll walk up to anybody, like, you know what I mean? And um, so I, I know I'm like called to like outsiders, mm-hmm. the rejected, the uh, Mephibosheths, people who feel like they've been drained. Say it, Bible. Say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those type of people. And so I... I feeling all those things and even sometime in some seasons still feeling that way you know what I mean I don't have all the answers but I know how in some areas to get you to the person that do mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so even if I sometimes I see myself as a bridge or um, a gateway a door even you know what I mean you don't somebody told me because um, I, I go to lunch with a lot of people and I, I really I really thank God for them. But somebody told me, in, in a sense, I'm a ninja. I appear, I do combat, and I draw back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, I, I think it's imperative because a lot of people, you know, you don't need to be in people's lives for forever. You come, yeah. you speak that word, Seasons. and you get out of there. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so I think I'm imperative because a lot of those issues that people don't talk about. I'm a very uncomfortable poet, and I talk about things that nobody else in poetry will. And one thing about me, I don't care. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's been people who, you know, call themselves bishops or pastors, but like, hey, you know you're up there talking about me and I'd be like hey I'm talking about myself but you just told on yourself yeah. you know what I mean so it is what it is and so I I, uh, I think it's imperative for the people who are silently suffering that yeah. they become well mm -hmm. you know it's the people that got the biggest smiles the biggest hearts you know that's broken the most ready to kill themselves the most depressed the most but they always concern and you know with me being the same way as that you know I always want to make people laugh mm -hmm. you know I'm the jokester so you know I and I see behind people smile nine times out of ten you can't fool me because I was you you know what I mean so I always tell my young people I wish I had a me growing up because mm -hmm. you can't really fool me I, <coughs> I done did everything you done did Except pop a pill, y'all. I ain't never pop no pill. I don't want to <laughs> pop no pill. If it's not no leave, I'm not doing it. But yeah, so I think I'm qualified just, you know, even being in that state and moving forward or being there and knowing, you know, empathizing with people. Yeah. I, I agree with all that's been said. I think this podcast is really imperative. It's necessary because people are afraid of becoming well. Yeah. People are afraid of this journey. And I think by having this conversation that we're having amongst ourselves, trying to heal ourselves, our family and those around us, I think it's going to spark um, a healing craze um, across our listeners. Um, maybe it go across the world. I don't know. Uh, I told my church a couple weeks ago to get ready for a messy, uncomfortable wave of healing. Um, and I think this is just a part of this. And I think about the ways of even this sound going out. Uh, and I hope that um, through this, why this is necessary is because it, you're going to hear something that's going to cause interest within yourself to go sit with yourself and sit with others to become on this journey of becoming well. I also feel qualified um, because it's my calling. Um, I'm, I'm here um, to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to bind up the wounds. Um, I'm here to set those who are bound and captive, set them free. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, the reality is each of us have different areas of struggle and weakness. Yeah. And the reality is that those very areas that we're struggling, that we discount ourselves for, is typically the areas that we're called back to. That's mm -hmm. true. It's the stuff that we got to go right back to yep. and minister to and bring other people out of. And that can be scary because it's like, God, you want me to be healed in order to go back and get the same people I was doing the same stuff with. Mm. They're going to laugh at me. And the reality is, as you go through this journey and you become well for real, we come well for real. You will never have to suffer and deal with this. So, um, Lex, give me, oh. uh, give me, give me some things um, that you have really journeyed through or you are journeying with to become well. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk about ourselves. Let's get transparent. Y'all know I stay trans. Well, Alexis does not stay transparent. Come on, get what exposure does. Yeah. So this is new for Alexis because mm -hmm. I'm not on here as exposure, but. Um, Oh, I'm becoming well in the area of self-sabotage. Uh, I could be a lot more 
Well, I don't know if more should even go there. I could be a lot better by now if I got out of my own head and out of my own way. It's not that the people around me don't think I can do it. It's me mm-hmm. that I don't think I can do. I will reach a certain level of success and be so afraid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, <laughs> this is really happening. <laughs> and so I I become super fearful and I, I, I push back against my success. Mm-hmm. And it is so retarded. <laughs> retarded. It is people in other states right now, please come down here. Your only thing you got to do is find a way. We will take care of you. We will drive you wherever you want to go. Just come have a show. And what do I do? I, Because it's getting me out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what I mean? And so dealing with Alexis and self-sabotage has been a journey, um, especially with the whole PTSD thing. Recently diagnosed with that this year. And it was kind of like a relief and, you know, kind of offended at the same time. Like, damn. <laughs> You know, I ain't never been to Iraq. I don't want to sign up for the military. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not with this chief. Mm-hmm. But so and and that's one thing I'm becoming well is just stop self-sabotaging myself. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing I think, well, the thing about self-sabotage is once you break it down, it's like a part of your personality is in conflict with the other part of your personality. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had to speak about this at church because my pastor is pushing me literally out of my comfort zone. And, and what we figured out is that when those type of things happen, it is a state of double mindedness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've been double minded for 14 years. And one of the things that's self-sabotaging is I used to be a color and I didn't know that was a form of self-sabotage. I was literally trying to kill myself early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was just like crazy. And, and then the other thing I'm becoming or kind of have become well at is in the area of writing. I could I could write something <laughs> and y'all be thinking it'd be so powerful and I come up with it 10 minutes before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, that don't mean don't book me. That's not what that means. <laughs> this is Alexis. There's not exposure. <laughs> but in I, I, I multitasking, I will read a book and write a poem and one side of my brain is over here and the other side is over here, but I'm not distracted at all. And, and I can write some music at the same time and my brain is working at three different things at the same time but it, it's not stressful people good think then, good then, people good. think writing 10 pages is hard it's not for me people are like I got a 20 page paper I'll be like okay she got a scribe anointing y'all. you know yes she does so uh, those are my two areas ladies first go ahead T okay my two areas um, which I'm becoming well in um, one of them is definitely um, rejection um, since since me and Mike got married and came back home and everything, um, like I've always known, you know, that I struggled with it. Um, especially, it was more so as a kid, I struggled with it, and um, I always, you know, felt some type of way as it pertains to the way I was born. You know, mm-hmm. like my parents not being together. Literally, I don't even know if you want to call it a one night stand. Like they was they was just being hot. And so <laughs> the irony of that is me being born in February. And mm-hmm. so I always struggle with that lust thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So I dealt with that, you know, growing up, not really having the best relationship um with my father. Um alongside of that. Um, I was I was told as a kid, 
And let me get this disclaimer again. This is not to, you know, dog anybody or talk about anybody, but this is my truth, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to deal with it. So as a child, you know, I was told that when I was born or when my mom told my dad that she was pregnant and he was like, you know, this baby's not mine, you know? So when I'm born, my dad's mom and my aunt go to the hospital, come up to the hospital and see me or whatever. And like, you know, she looks just like him. That's his baby. Da 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 da. And so I dealt with that forever, you know, like, but it wasn't until maybe last year when, um, I took Mike to meet my dad and we had a conversation and we were talking and after the fact, me and Mike were in a car and it hit me like, my dad was still in high school when I was born. Like he was literally still a kid, you know? So it's like, now that I'm 30, (laughs) I can understand his mindset a little bit more Uh because I mean, the reality, if he was 17, he hadn't turned 18 yet. His mentality was like 15, 16. Uh You know what I'm saying? Uh So it's like, okay, I can get that. I can deal with that. On top of that, the whole rejection thing, I think I kind of just walked with that after the whole molestation thing. Mm-hmm. I placed myself in in a box. I isolated myself because, for one, I was ashamed of it at seven when it happened. Um, I always felt like people could sense this on mm-hmm. me, and so I would never get too close to people. So now that I'm older and, you know, I'm dealing with it and I would sit and um, talk to Mike about it and I would just be like, hey, you know, I don't want you to have to deal with this because it would come to the point like we will have little petty arguments because I felt rejected for whatever reason. But instead of me saying, hey, you're making me feel rejected right now. So and I know what it is. Mm -hmm. So we would just get into this big argument. So when once I realized what I was dealing with, I was I told him like, hey, I need you to start calling it out. You know, like say you somewhere right? I need you to come back. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we were actually just playing a couple days ago and we got into like an argument. He was like, is this rejection? (laughs) And I was like, I love my brother. (laughs) Like I was literally ready to punch him in his mouth. (laughs) But I mean, I couldn't be mad. But that's one thing. Um, The second one that I'm becoming well in, um, I'm trying to become better with, uh, I kind of talked about in the beginning, procrastination. Um, I'm learning, and this is just my marriage and my home. Um, When I do what I'm supposed to do as a wife, just, just tasks that even I've placed on myself, not necessarily he's like, babe, I need you to do this or I want you to do this, but just tasks that I've placed on myself. When I become consistent with that and I do what I've tasked, tasked myself to do, I've noticed like there's so much more peace, not just in me, but in mm-hmm. my home. Mm-hmm. And, and I also noticed that Mike will do stuff that I won't even ask. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just because he sees me being consistent and me being concerned about my things instead of like, babe, you need to do this. How can we do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, no man wants no nagging woman. Right. 
So if I'm always pinpointing your stuff and I'm not taking care of my right. stuff, it's always going to be some type of disagreement in the house. So sure. that's just what I'm dealing with. All right. Jake, we got a few minutes left. Go ahead and share some stuff with um, us. I think the one thing that comes to my mind when it comes to becoming well for me is self-confidence. Um, I, a lot of people do not believe this, but I am a introvert to the T. I am shy. I, I have, I am shy. I have, I, I, I do not have a lot of self-confidence. When I was in school, I, I'll say it like this. I went to an art school from fourth to eighth grade. And then I went to an art school from ninth to 12th grade. There was a teacher when I was in, I might've been in fourth or fifth grade. I cannot remember. Um, she said to me, I, I'm a singer. I should put that out. I love to sing. I sing all the time. I annoy people how much I sing. But anyway, she said to me um, that I would not make it as a performer. Who I is she? I would not make it as a Who singer. Who is she? And I don't think, <laughs> she I don't know if she was do necessarily being malicious or if she was angry at something that I had did. I don't know. But at that point, oh, 9, 10, 11 year old Jalen shut down. Mm-hmm. All of the potential that I thought I had as a singer, mm-hmm. gone. Mm. Um, I want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Are you still 10 and 11? Yeah. That is honest. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I won't. I am still to this day. People don't believe me. Still to this day, the fear that I have of getting up and singing in front of people is tremendous. If you watch me closely, my right leg is shaking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. the entire time. And it didn't help. It, 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 it's crazy because um, I the church that I grew up in was very musical. Mm-hmm. Everybody was everybody sang. Mm-hmm. We sang all the time. The person this, our, the car director called my aunt, Auntie Kim. I had no choice. I had to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to this day, it drives me wild and it's funny that my (laughs) the thing I studied in college was vocal performance and I had to get up for the degree that I am yet still finishing in front of people and in front of a panel of people and get graded on my performing and being able to sing Mm -hmm. but in that moment every moment that I get up I'm back to being 10 and 11 again in that Mm -hmm. self-confidence because that at that moment at that point I was shot. And then it got worse as I got older and my voice changed and I had to learn how to rework it. Mm-hmm. And I still have to learn how to rework it because it's constantly changing. It, it I that thing drives wow. me wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's honest. Um, so uh my two, my first one would be um it's uh, it's actually something that I guess I became well at. Um so I don't think I'm well, I won't even say it. It's something that I'm becoming well at, um, but it got it has gotten a lot better since I was younger. Um, but not that it was like distorted body imaging or anything, Ooh. but when I was younger, so up until the age of about nine or 10, like I used to be a skinny kid. Like there are pictures of me being small. And a big head. Um, and then I turned 10. <laughs> don't, don't do like, him. Don't skip as that. Don't do him. <laughs> and then I turned 10 and I was just like, I've been big since I was like 10. All right. Um, but around that time, like I was just not comfortable with my body. Like I was fat. <laughs> I was a fat kid. Like, 
Um, like y'all, y'all, y'all laughing and joking. No, we hear you. But there was. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about them because there were times like where I'll be sitting at home in some shorts and just some shorts, and then y'all come knock on the door. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm running upstairs to put a shirt on, to put a t-shirt on, because really? I didn't want nobody to see me. Wow. Like so. That was something that I worked hard on. Like, um, I was that way probably all the way from that age all the way through middle school. It wasn't until I got to high school and I started lifting. Mm-hmm. And that's where my 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 self-esteem, mm-hmm. my self-esteem started to change. Okay. Um, now the bad thing about that was I thought I could still wear a large Aeropostal t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was walking around like with this small tight shirt on stomach's still big but like hey I got these arms and this my chest is coming along so then maybe my junior senior year um, I finally started to get to, get it together on how to dress and what to wear and I was just comfortable with who I actually was yeah. instead of this oh you fat <laughs> like you're fat <laughs> like y'all laughing but the way you I'm comfortable with myself now, yeah. but there was yeah. a time where I was just like, dang, bro, like, look at look at yourself in the mirror. Like, what is this? Why is this? <laughs> then, you know, fo- like, football really changed my life. Good, good. Football really changed my life with self-esteem. Um, being a good football player, well, I would say I was decent. I don't know. Um, but just, I don't know. It really helped me change my life. Um, became well, like, Thank God. Like, mm-hmm. football really saved me, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I can't give it up. That's why I'm coaching now. That's why I'm doing those type of things now. Um, but we kind of running on time. Cool. So. Cool. So, um, I guess I share one and then we'll get out of here. Um, mine was definitely for ever rejection. Um, and it was real. And nobody knew. Mm. Um, I remember I carried this woman forever um, and only a few people knew what happened and I've since worked it out with that person um, but we uh, where were we? We were at home I think. I was a kid, my brother wasn't born yet and my dad was getting ready to leave uh, the house and I remember wanting to go with my dad and he uh, he told me I couldn't go and it broke my heart mm. um and I cried. I remember that. Because I wanted to go with my dad, but he wouldn't let me go. Mm. Um, and so that registered to me is he didn't love me. Mm. And I didn't know why, because my dad, if you know my dad, my dad got us and still will get us everything we've ever asked for, all that stuff. But I wanted to go with my dad that day, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't let me. So growing up, I got teased, I got talked about because I was always with my mom. Um, mm. And mm-hmm. I, my cousins on my dad's side were like, you always with your mom. You always with your mom's side of the family. You'll never come over. You'll never come hang out with us. Well, I mean, my, my parents are married, by the way. But um, I would choose to go with my mom because that was safest for my feelings. Wow. Come on. Because I didn't want um, to ever feel that rejection again from my father. So I would never, like, I never asked to go anywhere else with my dad ever again in my life. Wow. Um, it took me to be in college to actually say, yo, I'm riding with you, dad, or yo, I'm going with you. 
I would never just get in the car with my dad. Mm. Like it wasn't happening. Mm. Um, so one day, um, my my uh, cousin, my friends were sitting down there talking about their relationships with their dad, and I was like, I have to get this right. So I'm in college, y'all, and I take my dad to dinner or lunch, and I'm like, thank you for being the greatest dad. Thank you for doing all this stuff, and I want to share this with you. And we sit down, we talk, we cried, and we moved on. And it's been great ever since. Um, but that play, there was an open door mm-hmm. um, for my rejection. Um, and I felt like I was rejected ever since. And I probably wasn't. Um, y'all, remember the Facebook game the other day? It was in my memory um, where you got to ask people questions and you had to respond without, it was like a number or something. Mm-hmm. Somebody said to me, like, if you wasn't in a relationship, which I wasn't, would we <laughs> date? And I was like, no. Like, I'm not in a relationship. But the reality is, I don't even know who it was, but the reality was I probably said no for the risk of you not telling me, like, you really didn't want to be with me. Mm-hmm. Or it was a game. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't get into a lot of relationships because I wasn't about to go through the whole rejection thing. Like, and that made me look at other people like they were better than me, um, but they looked better than me, that they were a better person to hang around, all mm-hmm. this stuff. Because I'm like, yeah, you're not going to reject me. So I push people away in order to not allow them into my space. And and sometimes it still affects me to this day, um, but we've soon been delivered. So that that's one of those things that I've really had to work on in order to you know, come to the reality of where I am and do what I want to do and be okay with it. Make the choices I make and be okay with it. Um, and not be worried about what other people are going to think about me um, because I've kind of gotten over, you know, if you don't like it, oh well, like I'm not rejected anymore. Um, so those are the reasons why I feel, you know, things that I'm working on rather to come through this journey and, and continuously working on it. And even when you get what we call in the church world delivered, even when you get free, you gotta realize that some days you still will have these things come up. Yeah. yeah. And when yeah. they come up, like your only thing that you can do is practice your deliverance, walk mm-hmm. it out, as we say. Um, so when it comes up, you remind yourself, hey, this is not me anymore. You know, I've come through it, I come over it, I'm not that. This is why I'm not that, because Christ set me free. Mm-hmm. And because he set me free, I'm free indeed. So, you know, this is just another episode yeah. of us getting real yeah. and, and sharing, you know, Just why we're qualified. Started. So I hope this is good enough for you to tune back in um, at the next appointed time. Um, and we got opportunities for you to to sow into us, to give to us. We got some social media networks out there and we're going to get you those information, that information um, so that you can go follow us. You can hit us up. You can ask us questions. Um, if you want to hear something and you want us to answer something or yeah, give input, definitely. thought about something, let us yeah, know. Let us know. Because we're, we're definitely out here to try to help. We might not get it right. Like we said in the first episode, don't sue us. <laughs> we might say some stuff that offends you. We might use some pro- improper slang. Um, don't don't let that be the reason why you shut us off. Right, uh, right. Hear our hearts and roll through this with us because we're trying to get you free and us free at the same time. That's it. See y'all. See y'all, See y'all next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See y'all. Y'all have a good one.